You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's Locked On SEC brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you there. On today's show, we're going to go around the conference. Tons of stuff to get into. Coaches moving all around Tennessee. They continue their search for their next defensive coordinator, LSU. They pick up a transfer linebacker. And Alabama, they lose yet another analyst from its staff. Complete overhaul of coaches and analysts at Alabama. Also, we're going to catch up with our buddy Matt Moscona, host of Locked On LSU. We'll get his thoughts on LSU's latest recruiting pickup, as well as their assistant coaching hires. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked On SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this pod as soon as it comes out each and every day. All right, let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. We start at LSU as they add a transfer linebacker from Clemson by the name of Mike Jones Jr. For those of you closer to my age, you'll think of the rapper uh, Mike Jones, where anytime you say his name, you respond with who? So there will be a lot of that for LSU as who? Mike Jones is joining the LSU football team. He's a former top 15 linebacker prospect. He was the backup to Isaiah Simmons, who, of course, was a high draft pick last year out of Clemson. Coach Ed Ogeron said he had been looking for linebacker transfers to bolster a position of need. So he fills LSU's 24th scholarship spot. They still have one more spot to welcome in another transfer if they would like. Why Mike Jones is a noteworthy addition for LSU? Well, he's a former four-star recruit who had started seven games at linebacker for Clemson this past year. Finished the season with 30 tackles, two interceptions, including one against Ohio State in the semifinals. And he has three years of eligibility remaining. So that is a big pickup for LSU. But, of course, I've seen some people joking, ah, couldn't hang it at Clemson. Let's see how you do at the S- in the SEC with a full slate of SEC schedule. Uh, but, nonetheless, good addition for LSU. Over at Tennessee, man, their defensive coordinator search continues for new head coach Josh Heupel. Fall fans can cross another name off the list of candidates. Uh, Knoxville-based Sports radio host Jimmy Hyams reported on Tuesday evening that Tennessee had offered current LSU linebackers coach and former Miami Hurricanes defensive coordinator Blake Baker the opportunity to serve as the D.C., but now Hyams is reporting Baker has decided to stay at LSU. While there has been much speculation regarding Ohio State linebacker coach Al Washington's involvement in Tennessee search, the Buckeye assistant has yet to publicly announce his plans for next season until he does his name will be a name that will continue to come up one other name to keep an eye on Casey Rogers he's a former Tennessee linebacker and current D line coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just won a Super Bowl so just another name to keep an eye on in the Tennessee DC search over at Ole Miss Zach Barnett of Football Scoop is reporting that Ole Miss offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach Jeff Lebby has emerged as a strong candidate for the opening head coaching job at UCF. Lebby previously served as the offensive coordinator 
at Central Florida before being hired by Kiffin to run the offense in Oxford. So Jeff Lebby, a name to keep an eye on for the UCF head coaching job. Over at South Carolina, Shane Beamer said he would be open to having fans at practices in the spring. Said it would be contingent on COVID-19 protocols, but he is definitely in favor of it. Look, they're trying to drum up any kind of excitement they can right now with South Carolina. First-year head coach would be a first, I think, in the SEC. What, allowing fans to go sit in on spring practices? We know that you can go to the spring game, but not so much spring practices. Another note over from LSU, one of their defensive analysts, August Mangan, is expected to be hired by the San Francisco 49ers. He's a former LSU player who worked at LSU for the past two seasons. He was previously an analyst at Alabama, and he's a buddy of mine. So I say shout out to August as he is going to work for the San Francisco 49ers, apparently. Over at Kentucky, Jamal Singleton, he was hired as UK coach Mark Stoops' running back coach and special teams coordinator back in January. Well, that'll be short-lived as he is now returning to the NFL with the Philadelphia Eagles. A Kentucky spokesperson would not confirm the news, but a source of knowledge did confirm the initial report from Kentucky Sports Radio. Singleton came to Kentucky from the Cincinnati Bengals where he coached in a similar offensive system to the, to the one that... Uh, New Kentucky offensive coordinator Liam Cohen is planning to implement in Lexington. As Mark Stoops restarts his search for a running backs coach, he's going to have some a major selling point in his favor. Kentucky is returning running back Chris Rodriguez, who ranked third in the SEC in yards per carry last year, despite splitting time with A.J. Rose. Cavassier Smoke will also be back, as well as Travis Tisdale, Juton McLean, so a lot of uh, guys in that running back room, but Chris Rodriguez, certainly a really good one. Got to think that job opening won't be open for very long. Over at Alabama, one of their defensive analysts, Patrick Riley, is planning to reportedly join Urban Meyer's staff in Jacksonville. He'll be a defensive quality control coach for the Jaguars. Riley was on Nick Saban's staff for three seasons after spending the previous two seasons at UCLA. He isn't the only member of the Alabama staff making the move southeast to Jacksonville. Charlie Strong was one of the reported initial hires that Urban Meyer made for his Jacksonville staff. Strong worked under Urban as his defensive coordinator at Florida, of course, was a defensive analyst for the Crimson Tide this past season after being fired as head coach at Southern Florida two years ago. Riley will also be working with uh, Tosh Lupoy again. He was the former Alabama assistant, uh, or rather uh, the former Alabama assistant will be the defensive line coach in Jacksonville. Have to keep up with all this, all these coaches moving everywhere. Uh, Justin Ferguson, who covers the Auburn Tigers, he was on Paul Feinbaum's show yesterday, and for anybody trying to just get a little bit more insight into the Brian Harson hire, I thought this was an interesting quote. He said, quote, Auburn is going in a different direction here with the hiring of Brian Harson. They are saying, let's get a guy who is super consistent and a developer of talent at a smaller school, and let's get him SEC resources and an SEC recruiting footprint and see what he does. I thought that was a really interesting way to put it. And look, whether you like the hire or not, Brian Harson's got to succeed. He's got to uh, hit a home run with, you know, taking what Auburn had under the previous regime and let's see what he does with it obviously it's a 
school that every couple of years is competing for championships. That will be the expectation for Brian Harson. You did everything right at Boise. Now let's see how you do with the resources of an SEC program. And lastly, on the basketball court with March Madness a month away, ESPN, they have put out their early predictions for who's going to make the NCAA tournament from the SEC. Alabama right now is the only team from the conference in as a de definitive lock. Again, this is according to ESPN's predictor. They list Missouri, Tennessee, and Florida as teams that should be in. And then they list Arkansas and LSU as teams still with some work to do. So that is the latest from ESPN when it comes to SEC basketball. Only a handful of games remain here. We'll get to the SEC championship or tournament and um, we'll be on to the NCAA tournament. And that is around the conference. When we return, we're going to talk all things LSU and a couple other SEC topics with our buddy Matt Moscona of Locked On LSU. That's next. If you need anything for your car, and I mean anything in the next couple days, weeks, months, whatever it is, I encourage you to just store this in the back of your memory bank, Rock Auto. RockAuto.com, they are a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. If you go to RockAuto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, uh, blinkers, motor oil, new carpet, whatever it is you need. They have everything in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique. Very easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available to your vehicle. Choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Look, you just put in your make, your model, your gear. Boom, you got it. They'll tell you exactly what you need, even if it's just wiper blades. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for pros or do-it-yourselfers like you and I. Why would you spend twice as much for the same parts as some of these uh, auto parts stores around town. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck and make sure you're right locked on in their how did you hear, hear about us section so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. February is Black History Month and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than a Game. Don't miss this week's episode featuring Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discussing the opportunities and challenge, challenges that come with being a black woman in the sports world. There's a new episode coming next week, so go ahead and subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast and on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast. We're rolling along here, locked on SEC. Been a fun week catching up with a couple of guys preparing for the NFL draft and hitting on a bunch of different topics from across the SEC. But yesterday, look, we talked about signing day last week. That came and went, but LSU was not done. They picked up a big-time recruit yesterday. And uh, interestingly, we're getting on our buddy uh, Matt Moscona, host of Locked on LSU, to uh, find out. It, Matt, I, was, I couldn't believe I saw LSU picks up a four-star wide receiver in Brian Thomas, a kid from Louisiana. But then I see the, the recruiting rankings. LSU jumps Georgia from four to three in the overall rankings. I'm like, man, Georgia fans must be scratching their head going, how the hell did we get jumped? And signing day's been over for a week. Well... Uh, LSU still got wiggle room too, Chris. I mean, they got they got two more spots even after signing Thomas. But 
yeah, this isn't just uh, adding another player. This is a, a consensus top 100 player overall, you know, top 10 receiver in the country, the fourth overall player in Louisiana. You know, Brian Thomas is a, he's a major recruit. He's just kind of, uh, of an outlier in the current age of recruiting. He, he never committed to anybody. He's a pretty quiet kid, so he never played the game where he wanted a ton of attention. I mean, even up until signing day last week, he wasn't sure where he wanted to go, so he just didn't sign anywhere. Um, but that's kind of been his mo. He's a great he's a great player. I mean, this is a major get for LSU. Thomas is just a guy that you know isn't going to do a, a commitment video jumping out of an airplane to get a lot of people's attention. <laughs> you know, but uh, that's just kind of how he handled his entire recruitment. But it's a major get for LSU, not just because he's a great player, but. I mean, also, you know, you, you keep a kid in state, you keep away from Alabama and Texas A&M. Yeah, I, I have been uh, – It's it's been crazy to see all the wide receivers. I think is that the fifth wide receiver they signed in this yeah. class? It's uh, fifth, cr- crazy to see that. Fifth wide receiver in the class, and one of the wide receivers they signed, uh, Jack Bash, could probably also play tight end, so that's a possibility. And, you know, Chris, the, the offense that LSU is running now, which I guess – Maybe college football is becoming accustomed to seeing LSU spread it out and throw it around, which was, you know, the antithesis of what they did for a decade, where it was, you know, ground and pound under less miles. But um, last year, LSU had seven receivers catch double-digit passes. I don't mean just um, all players. That's not including running backs or tight ends. That's that's players listed at wide receiver. They had seven with double-digit receptions. Wow. So, you return five receivers from last year. You sign five. So there's there's opportunity for these freshmen to come in and play immediately and be involved in the offense. I mean, LSU has a lot of talent there. And now you, Kayshawn Booty made the big splash at the end of the year. But there is definitely opportunity for these freshmen to step in in this offense and contribute right away. It's funny, Matt. Earlier in the week, we were talking about returning quarter starting quarterbacks in the SEC. And you know, I put – JT Daniels at the top. I think Matt Corral belongs there from Ole Miss. And we were getting the discussion, you know, is Bo Nix, where does he rank? And kind of the forgotten is Miles Brennan. I think partly because, you know, TJ Finley came in, played well, and then Max Johnson, you know, won those last couple of games as a starter to finish the season. There is going to be a competition there and all that. But, man, if Miles Brennan is back and healthy and is the starter, is he like the forgotten? Because, like, it feels like everybody forgot that dude was throwing for like 400 yards a game when he was starting. Well, the stats were there, no doubt. But Brennan definitely had his struggles. Uh, he was he was very tentative, and you know what's wild, Chris is. I mean, TJ Finley has started more games than than Miles Brennan has. <laughs> wow! I, you know, Brennan only made only made three starts, so he's been around a long time. We've waited a long time to see him, but he didn't play very much. And really, the the second the game that he that he won against Vanderbilt was the day when John Emery really busted out. I mean, it wasn't so much Brennan slinging the ball as it was Emery running the ball. Now, he threw for a bunch of yards against Missouri that, that, in, that, in four touchdowns. Um, but, man, we just don't have a giant sample size. So I, I understand anybody who would look at Miles Brennan with, you know, a little bit of hesitancy just to say, I, I got to see more. I just don't know a lot about him because it's true. I mean, he's not even the most experienced as, as long as he's been around, he's not even the most experienced quarterback on this team, but to where you started, I mean, there is going to legitimate be a legitimate competition. That's, that's not lip service. That's not coach speak. 
Um, Ed actually did this during the year, man, because I tell you, last summer, all of the rage was Max Johnson. And you talk to anybody candidly around the program, and they would have told you Max Johnson. So when Brennan got hurt, we all just assumed Max was going to start. And Ogeron said, no, we're going to have a competition. And I'll be darned, man, T.J. Finley got that start against South Carolina and started five games. They legitimately graded out every rep at practice, and whoever graded higher started. So I I do think they're going to do the same thing. They did the same thing when Joe Burrow came in in June of 2018. It sounds silly now, but you know Joe Burrow came into a quarterback room that had Lowell Narcisse and Justin McMillan and a young Miles Brennan, and all four of those guys were competing. And, um, and you know, when when Ed says there's going to be a competition, he legitimately means it. They will grade every rep at practice and let the winner start and then go from there. More with Matt Moscona right after this. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Look, football might be over. The Super Bowl has come and gone. And now we got to wait many, many long months for the start of college football and, again, the return of the NFL. But in the meantime, we have got college basketball, SEC playing every couple of nights, NHL is in full swing, the NBA. Bet Online even has you covered for things like award shows, TV shows, reality TV. It's got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. You might be sitting there watching an NBA game, Lakers versus Clippers, but you feel pretty good about the second half that the Lakers are going to run away with it. You can get in in the middle of the game, bet on the second half odds. Whatever it is you want, Bet Online has you covered with all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head over to their website right now, use your mobile device, computer, whatever it is, and sign up today. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the code Locked On. It is Bet Online. They are your online sportsbook experts. Hey, a quick reminder to check out some of our other awesome Locked On podcasts talking all things SEC. Of course, our buddy Matt Moscona, who we're chatting with now, hosts a Locked On SEC. You can check out Locked On Auburn, hosted by Zach Blackerby. Just about every school that you're looking for, and very soon we'll have every school covered for you with a Locked On channel, whether it's Mizzou, whether it's A&M, no matter what it is, you can find it wherever you find your podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Continuing our conversation with Matt Moscona, host of Locked On LSU, and tons of stuff to still discuss around the conference. Of course, uh, covering LSU, Matt Moscona does a great job. And Matt, I feel like a lot has been made regionally about, oh, Alabama, they've lost so many assistant coaches. Look at all the guys they've lost and all this. And it is a big deal for them having to replace those guys. But I feel like not enough has been made on the overhaul that LSU has had. What have you made of some of the new additions at at the coordinator spots and throughout the staff that LSU has made? Yeah, man, nobody talks about Alabama staff because they do it every year. (laughs) He loses half his staff every year and it just doesn't matter. Um, so that's just a tip, tip of the cap to Nick. He's just, that's why he's the best. Um, yeah, it's man. You know, what's interesting, Chris is Ogeron replaces five assistants, including his offensive coordinator, passing game coordinator, and defensive coordinator. And this is such a pivotal year. And it may sound funny to some because they just won a title in 2019. But the reality is that year looks more like the outlier under Ed Ogeron than the norm. And, you can't go five and five and keep 
whiffing on assistant coaches, costing you millions of dollars, like they did with Matt Canada, like they did with Jerry Sullivan, like they did with Bo Pelini, like they did with Scott Linehan. You can't keep doing that and keep going hat in hand to your boss and saying, hey, I need another $2 million, I need another $7 million, I need $4 million to buy this guy out. you gotta, you got to hit. And especially if you're going 5-5, five and five, man, the natives are restless. And that just isn't going to fly around here. So whatever equity Ed built up with the championship is gone. And this is very much a prove-it year for him with an athletic director that did not hire him. I give you all that preface to say – in such a pivotal year, it is bizarre at best that he hired coordinators with no experience. I mean, Jake Peets has never been an OC. DJ Mangus was an OC at the Division II level like 10 years ago for a year. And same with Durante Jones as a defensive coordinator. Was a Division II defensive coordinator at um, Bowie State in 2009. I mean – they may be great coaches, and it may work out well, and I know they wanted to get younger, and that's all fantastic. But, man, it's LSU. You can't find anybody who's called defense in the SEC. It's, that's, that's the bizarre thing. He took a major risk with these hires in a year where he has got to go boom and not bust. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. LSU, you know, they struck out on their first couple of guys they wanted. Now Tennessee's going down that that path. They're striking out on all on all the guys they're trying to hire as their next defensive coordinator. I'm just curious your thoughts uh, from the outside looking in. Uh, what do you make of the Josh Heupel hire at Tennessee? I think it makes sense. They scored a bunch of points when he was at Central Florida, and it's just the way that the game is going. And typically, if you hire, if you fire a coach that's a certain style, you're generally going to hire the opposite of him. So you had Jeremy Pruitt, who's kind of this old school, defensive minded, hard nose, you know, uh, aggressive type of coach. And that didn't work. So you hire the opposite. You go for the more, the, the, the newer school, offensive minded guy in Josh Heupel. I mean, that's just the nature of the game. If you're Tennessee, you've got to recruit nationally. So you better be able to go score points and you better be able to, to be attractive to the top offensive players around the country because that's just what you have to do to win. Um, so it makes sense. And I think the bigger thing from Tennessee standpoint is you just got to acknowledge who you are. I mean, you're, you're not a perennial title contender. You're not a five, a top five program in the country anymore. It's just not what you are. You're a team. That's, that's a top 25 team with, with some history and, and resources but it's going to be harder for you to win in the modern age of college football. And the sooner that Tennessee realizes what they are, they'll stop running off coaches every two or three years. <laughs> he is Matt Moscona, host of Locked on LSU. Last one for you, Matt. I know it's very early. We're, we're in, what, February? we still got SEC media days to come over the summer and all that. But looking ahead to next year, who would you say is the early favorite? I mean, I, I'm buying fully into the Georgia hype hype train. I love what I saw to JT Daniels. We'll see over a full schedule, but uh, I'm buying into Georgia. Who's your early favorite for the fall? You mean to win the SEC? Yeah. Are you high? <laughs> hey, that question. Are hey. you are you are you doing are you high while you're doing this interview? Hey, that Crimson team. I know they're going to be there. All right, just to win the East, then let me put it that way. George is the favorite, right? Okay, that's a better question because if you pick anyone other than Alabama, I'm going to drive to your house and I'm going to slap you in the face. And very like one of those slaps though, where it's like you know, like uh, in um, 
It was the movie with Kevin Hart and Will Smith, um, whenever he was the Dayton guy. And oh like, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, he he slapped you know he slapped him in the face just to get him to snap out of it to stop like uh, doing the pizza or the Q-tip dance. That's what I'm gonna do to you. Not like a hard slap, just like a hey, snap out of it type slap. <laughs> Kirby's, Kirby's at least right. hung with them though. He's given Saban games. No, it's Alabama. <laughs> it's always the answer is Alabama. It's just don't do this to yourself. Well, you know, you know the, the line in Shawshank: "Hope is a dangerous thing." Don't give yourself hope, Gordo. It's Alabama. <laughs> And then be pleasantly surprised if someone manages to beat them like LSU did in 2019. Well, but, yes, you're right about Georgia in the East. I like JT Daniels. Um, Florida lost with their top four pass catchers. They lost Kyle Trask. Yeah, it's it's a pretty big overhaul there in Gainesville. And I think with Georgia um, finally looking like they figured out quarterback and maybe have an actual modern offense, they should win the East. You're going to have a lot of people in Tuscaloosa downloading Locked on LSU today just as a sign of uh, we love Matt Moscona here in Tuscaloosa. Well, so I'm just an honest guy. Gordo. <laughs> I mean, if, like, if you're actually taking your money to a ticket window in Vegas and say, who do you think wins the SEC in 2021? <laughs> do you honestly mean to tell me you're putting money on Georgia instead of Alabama? <laughs> they lost a lot, Matt. They're rebuilding. It's a rebuild Answer year. Answer the question, Gordo. <laughs> or you put your money like – you're a married guy. Your entire life savings, your your mortgage. Would you go and you went to your wife and say, "Hey, honey, look, I had to make a, an entire net worth bet on a team to win the 2021 SEC, and I put it on Georgia." How do you think that's going to go over? Yeah, I'm going with the team in crimson. That's, yeah, that's, that's the, what you're going to do. That's the easy that's way. The right answer. <laughs> yeah. He is Matt Muscota. Check him out on Locked On LSU. Matt, always fun to catch up, man. Really appreciate it. All right, man. See ya. All right, thanks. Matt Viscota there of uh, Locked On LSU. Does an awesome job, and I uh, always love catching up with him, talking uh, all things LSU, but also getting his thoughts on the SEC as a whole. And, of course, as he says there, you would be a, you'd be a fool to put your money on anybody but Alabama to win the SEC. I get it. Look, it's a long offseason. Over the next couple months, I think I'm going to convince myself that Alabama lost a lot. New coordinators, new coaching staff, new quarterback knew everything they're still gonna win a ton of games next year so we'll uh discuss it all in the coming weeks all right that is just about gonna do it for this edition of locked on sec appreciate you guys for listening and subscribing if you haven't done so yet just go ahead and hit that subscribe button give us a five-star rating if you got a quick minute helps us helps uh Results show up a little bit better when you're searching for us on the podcast app or Spotify or wherever you're looking to find us. We're here for you five days a week talking all things SEC. We'll get into a little bit more SEC basketball talk in the coming weeks. Of course, SEC baseball and softball right around the corner, so we'll start previewing some of that as well. But, man, it feels like every day we still got something to talk about in the football offseason. Never a dull moment. Next week, we'll actually be previewing a lot more on the SEC basketball season, or SEC football season, rather, uh, breaking down some of the returning quarterbacks, which new quarterbacks will make the big leap. We'll get into all that next week right here on Locked on SEC. All have a great day.